Welcome to the Choose You Now podcast. I'm your host, Juliana Hever. Rip Esselstyn spent a decade as one of the premier triathletes in the world. He then joined the Austin Fire Department, where he introduced his passion for a whole food plant-based diet to Austin's Engine 2 Firehouse in order to rescue a firefighting brother's health. To document his success, he wrote the national best-selling book, The Engine 2 Diet. He is not only featured in the documentary Forks Over Knives, but he's also the founder of Plant Strong, where he develops and implements a range of programs and events geared toward education, inspiring and nurturing plant-strong living for people everywhere. This episode is so full of deliciousness, it will make your mouth water. In fact, I challenge you to listen to any other podcast that makes your mouth water more because Rip is going to do just that. Rip Esselstyn, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, absolutely, Juliana. It's a pleasure to be here. It's so fun because we didn't really see each other since the whole pandemic. The last we saw each other was when we were leaving Miami at the airport. I saw the entire Esselstyn family. (laughs) It was really fun. But we did recently speak on your amazing podcast, the Plant Strong Podcast. And I love how you framed it of us being part of that OG team in the plant-based world. And we have had so many extraordinary adventures, you know, in our own work. And we've had several opportunities to collaborate over the years. But wow, more and more people have adopted this lifestyle over the past decade, and it's been quite extraordinary to witness. But one of the, I would say, myriad reasons that so many people are inspired by you is that you make eating this healthy diet like super fun and easy and accessible and very, very friendly. So I would love to focus a little bit more today on your personal evolution and your journey, a little bit different than what we're used to talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, what's interesting, um, Juliana, um, just growing up, I couldn't stand vegetables. The only thing I, I ate were peas. That was like, that was it. Maybe, you know, French fries, but I was, I was truly back in the day, like more of a, a, a carnivore type, type eater. And, uh, and that all abruptly changed in 19, 19- 1984, um, I saw my father and his research at the Cleveland Clinic start to really take shape. And because I had a grandfather that had his first heart attack at 42 wow, and, uh, and, and ended up dying from type 2 diabetes, complications from type 2 diabetes, um, uh, at the age of you know, 20, 21, I wasn't so aloof to think that I was bulletproof from, um, from these diseases. And, uh, and I had so much admiration and respect for my father, uh, my whole life and his, and his work and his work ethic, um, that, you know, when he was like, yeah, wow. You know, we, we, we have this angiogram, which is where you actually go in and you can see a person's artery. And we've actually been able to show you can reverse these blockages. I was like, oh my God, that is so fantastic. And, um, I want in on that. And, um, so, but what, you know, for me, this eating style, it's, um, it's always been about taking kind of more of the foods that I love and kind of plant strongifying them. And, (laughs) 
I like to say that that's how I got a bunch of Texas male firefighters to do this as well, where we took the four major food groups of the Texas firefighter, which is bluebell ice cream. It's, it's, um, beef fajitas. It is, uh, you know, cheeseburgers with all the fixings and, um, and cheese pepperoni pizza. And we just took those things and we did really healthy plant-based versions of those. So we do a, um, a pizza and literally, luckily the guys at it's fire station two that I work with, these guys were, they all were foodies and they were really good cooks. And so we would roll out our own whole grain pizza dough. Then on top of it, we, you know, some days we do a nice clean red sauce. Some days we do a pesto sauce. Some days we do a, a spinach hummus on top of it. And, uh, and then we go crazy with the fixings. You know, we would do black beans. We would do, you know, really finely cut broccoli, spinach, um, caramelized onion, mushrooms, pineapples, bell peppers, you know, mushrooms. And we'd have all these different bowls and everybody would customize their own pizza. Okay, wait. So Rip, your my mouth is watering, but I want to back up a little. How did you learn how to cook? How did you learn how to change your palate and start to love vegetables? Like what was that journey like for you? Because a lot of people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's funny. Um I I had to learn how to cook. I didn't know how to cook. And I can remember when I graduated from the University of Texas at Austin in nineteen eighty six. Um, and I was no longer eating at the athletic dining room facility that was just, it was amazing food, but it was super unhealthy. Um, I was like, okay, I, and I, I'm done. And I, I was staying in Austin cause I wanted to be a professional triathlete. And I can remember just starting with the basics, um, you know, boiling, boiling water and putting in noodles, uh, making, different grains. Um, I used to love making um, chilies, like three bean chilies. And I can remember I probably once a week, I would make a split pea soup with just the basics, like potatoes, split peas, onions, garlic. Um, This is before I even knew what broths were. And I just use water. Um, I've always been a big um, open-faced sandwich (laughs) Um, guy. And I think I've learned a lot of that from my mom and keep in mind that, you know, so my parents started their voyage with this in 1984. And so even though I didn't really start mine in earnest till 1987, whenever I was home, whether it was for spring break or parts of the summer or Christmas and holidays, I would see my mom and just her, her just kind of crazy, carefree, courageous, just, um, efforts in the kitchen and just be stunned and amazed. And I can remember I was home, I think it was in, I was 20 or 21. And this is going to sound crazy to you, but it was the first time that I ever tasted a sweet potato. Mm, I get it. Oh, explain that. I get that. Well, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing back then, especially up in, you know, in the Northeast. And I can remember my mom was like, yeah, we just discovered these sweet potatoes and they're like, you don't even have to put sugar on them. And 
she had them in the oven and they came out and they were just oozing, right? All this ooey gooeyness. Mm. Um, and I can remember diving into one just, I think, with a fork and not knowing, do I eat the skin or not eat the skin? And just being stunned and amazed. And I remember, I think my dad saying, yeah, they know they have polyphenols and keratin <laughs> and all these wonderful things. And, you know, the, Okin the Okinawans uh, do sweet potatoes all the time. And I was like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so did that rock your world and, and make you think, oh my gosh, there's a whole world here? I mean, all that passion in your family for food and health, it was everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it definitely, it, it, it definitely helped ignite, ignite the fire for that. But it's different when you're home and you're being served all this stuff. And then when you go back and then you got to do it yourself. Right. So and, how was that process for you? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've been doing this for a long time now, 30 plus years. And I, <clears throat> for the most part, I keep it simple and I, I, I don't spread my wings and get too, um, too crazy. Um, obviously, you know, when I'm doing the cookbooks and putting out a book, you know, I, I try everything and I'm making everything. But the reality is that day to day, um, you know, I'm doing oats or the big bowl cereal in the morning for breakfast. I'm doing leftovers typically for dinner mm -hmm. um, on a bed of greens or on some rice um, uh, or in a pita bread sandwich or something like that <clears throat> for lunch. And then and then dinner is it's, it's whatever it is, whether it's uh, pizza, pasta, soup. Um, last night, we had a great mulligatani soup. Mm. Um, you guys with, have so uh, many great recipes in all of your different books, and there's so many of them. Well, okay, so that yeah, kind of cuts yeah. the what I was going to ask you at the end, but we'll just go there right now because yeah, we're talking yeah. about it. What is, of all of those recipes, you sound like a creature of habit like me, like I tend to eat the same things for years, like we've been talking about this for years. What right now is your favorite plant strong meal? So right this second, it would be the tough choice. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know it's. It, it, I mean, it's embarrassing to say, but it is. It's my cereal every morning. It's my cereal. Yeah. I mean, every morning I can't wait to spring out of bed and eat my cereal, and then to and then. You know, you've probably heard me say this a jillion times, but and every time it's different depending upon the fresh fruit that I have in the house or the frozen fruit that I have, um, yeah, or the combination of the the walnuts or the ground flaxseed meal or the chia seeds or the hemp seeds, um, and it's just always so so full and vibrant, and every bite has a little bit different flavor profile. That is the thing that I just I. It, I rally, I rally behind that thing every single day. Wow. Um, Do you so if I was, but if like, if I was, if I was my mother, I'd be, I'd be like, oh my God, I just found these, these radishes that are just, they've blown my mind and I have them every day now on my kale sandwiches and I slice them, you know, like this, but that's, that's not me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to think, cause we, we grew a garden during, during the whole COVID period. And, um, you know, we, God, I think we had bad soil because we had a really tough time growing stuff, but it was really exciting to grow our own broccoli and kale. Um, 
and these little pitiful um, <laughs> golden Yukon potatoes. That, that was always exciting. And then to be able to make a salad from your garden was awesome. Um, one of the, the dressings that is my go-to dressing that your listeners might love because it's so easy is it's just a third, a third, and a third, and depending upon how many people you're you're, you're making it for, but it's a third of uh, balsamic vinegar, it's a third maple syrup, and a third uh, uh, golden um, spicy golden mustard. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, yeah, brown yeah. mustard rather, and I just love that, and it makes it makes any salad um, just go down so easily. Okay, Rip, I didn't know you had this talent that on audio only you could make a person visualize an entire meal, mouth water, like you're so good at describing this food. I'm getting really, really hungry. I, I don't feel like I've really even started yet. Oh, keep going. Bring it on. I'm listening. Inspire the people that are afraid of vegetables or scared of the kitchen or like you just make it sound so easy. Like how, just keep going. It's inspire. Well, but you know, well, but it, you know when, when I had you on the podcast not too long ago, I love what you said when you, um, you weren't a huge cook in the beginning and then no. and you had a young kid and you like totally went to town uh, for when you were writing that book and all the recipes. And now it's something that you love, you adore it. It relaxes you, right? Yes. And, yeah. I mean, there's, and there's something about the whole just routine of cooking. So one of, one of the things that I love, <clears throat> let me, I didn't turn off my notification. <laughs> um, um, one of the things that I absolutely love and adore, and I do this every Sunday, is either making pancakes or waffles for my family. Mm. Um, and we, it's just the most simple recipe. It's from the Plant Strong cookbook. And the base is just oats and you just put them in the Vitamix and you blend them up. And then to that, you add um, a little bit of ground flaxseed meal. I add a banana. Um, I add some crushed walnuts, um, a little bit of vanilla extract orange zest. And then I squeeze the orange in there as well to just give it a little bit of orange flavor. And, uh, and then I usually use a, a whole 32 ounces of oat milk and then mix that up. And then each kid, you know, I customize it. Some, some like, you know, the, the dark chocolate chips in there, some mm. like banana slices, some like fresh raspberries, some like uh, frozen blueberries. And it's like an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning, usually when I get back from some practice and oh, we, play, we play music and we eat pancakes and it is, it's divine. And you know, as a, as a mother with children, um, there's nothing like having your whole family together rallying behind uh, a, a meal and, uh, and partaking in it. No, it's magic. And that's actually the most effective way to inspire your children for the rest of their lives. And that just sounds like the most amazing. When am I invited, Rip? I mean, like I'll put in my order for my pancakes. Well, yeah. And then the, and then the other thing that we love doing as a family. Um, so we've gotten a, a little lazy. We don't make our own pizza crust oh, as much what? anymore. 
Yeah, I know. I know. But, <laughs> we, you know, and that's one of the things about having your own food line is we do make a very clean pizza crust. And so we take the pizza crust and then, you know, with that just right there, then we add our, our sauce. And then we, again, it's kind of like the guys at the firehouse. We have all the different bowls and then everybody makes their own, their own pizza. Cole, my son, who, who just turned 14, he makes the most amazing grilled tofu, um, grilled tofu, broccoli, barbecue, uh, pizza ever. What? It wins, it wins pizza contests. Wait a second. Well, wait, Rip, I have to ask. My son just turned 14 the other day. When did your son turn 14? That's crazy. Yeah. So my son turned 14. Well, it's August now. So I know it's almost August, July, late March. Oh my gosh. So we have the same aged boys. That sounds incredible that he could do that at 14. (laughs) Well, um, he's, he's seen us do it. He's had a lot of practice. Hey, I've got a seven-year-old daughter that is doing, I mean, she makes her favorite thing in the world is avocado toasts in the morning. Mm, Yum. And I think every morning she I mean, she's working that avocado. She's putting in the spices. <laughs> she gets it whipped just perfectly. Uh, and so whenever we need guacamole, it's like, Hope, can you get us some guacamole? And she she is the guacamole kid, right? <laughs> That's impressive at seven, like oh. mind-blowingly. Oh, yeah. No, she she we don't help with anything. I mean, she gets it. She cuts the avocados in half. She spoons them out. She crushes them up. She puts in the spices. And, you know. Personally, I find making guacamole is a little bit of a pain. And so to have somebody on your team that loves, <laughs> you know, you can call from the uh, the reserve unit and say, hey, you know, and she's all over it. But yeah. And then she, you know, you know that I'm not a huge fan of drinking your calories, but our kids are so active and, you know, we give, we give them a little bit of a break. Um, she loves making her smoothies in the morning and the Vitamix. Um, and it's not every morning, but it's a couple mornings a week. She'll make a great smoothie. Um, she, um, she's very, very precocious for seven, especially in the kitchen. I'm very impressed. I'm very, your entire family is incredibly inspiring. So, okay, back to you because I could talk to you about this all day, but I would love to know you were a world, you know, an athlete, a triathlete, like you were a successful athlete. How has that evolved now? It's been a while. I don't know what you're doing in terms of your athletics. Can you fill us in on that? Yeah. So um, it's interesting how your life evolves and goes through different stages because for the longest time, the most important thing to me was like competition and wanting to do well at these competitions and now, um, and this was, you know, I mean, as you just said, you know, I competed at, in triathlons really exclusively. That's all I did for almost a, a decade at a world-class level. And then I became a firefighter. But as when I was a firefighter, I still was competing at a world-class level in triathlons for a good, um, another probably seven years when I was a firefighter. Because on my off days, that's what I would do. I would, I would train. And, and then... Um, I got married and all of a sudden, and I'm also, you know, I'm like 44 now and I'm like, you know what? I just, I don't have the same burning desire to go out and crush it every, every day. Yeah. But the good thing is that 
I, I mean, I still train every, every day. Like this morning I went to an hour long swim practice and did a little bike. Um, it's just kind of in my, it's in my blood. I have yes. to train a little something every day, but as far as the competition, um, the competition now is in, it's in life. It's in, you know, what I'm doing now with the podcast and the food line and, and, um, and just keeping a really solid relationship with my wife and my kids and my family and being there for them, as opposed to going out on a hundred mile ride and then being exhausted for, you know, the next couple hours and, and, <laughs> and not being available to them. So my priorities have shifted dramatically in the last 15 years. Um, but I still love to compete like, you know, 2019, uh, after, uh, so in 2008, I decided to swim in the masters nationals and I got the American record in the 200 yard backstroke. Wow. And then I, and then I didn't compete in, in, in swimming forever. And then in 2019, I decided that I'd go for the world record in the 200 meter backstroke. So that's in a 50 meter pool. And, and if you want to get a world record, it has to be in a 50 meter pool, like they swim at the Olympics. And, uh, it took me three tries that summer, but I was able to get it and now I'm good. But I, you know, I just, uh, sometimes I have a little spark that, <clears throat> or a little itch that needs to be scratched and then I, I go for it, but, uh, I don't have any intention of competing anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, it's all encompassing, but you know, that is exactly the whole concept behind this podcast is choose you now. And it's, you know, it's choosing you now in each moment, in each part of your life. And that's just a yeah. good example. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. That's, it's a really good topic for, for your podcast. Kudos to you on that. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, we all always talk about helping other people, especially in the work that we do. And really it's the people that, you know, learn to decide to prioritize their health and their well-being that makes them better at everything else that they do. And you're like a walking role model for that. Well, thank you very much. Um, yeah. You know, <clears throat> like everybody else, I am, you know, as we get older, we try and we're trying to figure it out. And, you know, you, you realize how much you really don't know. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, and every day I'm just trying to, trying to be the best dad and the best, um, husband and the best plant-based, plant-based advocate that I can be. Well, Kudos to you. You're doing an extraordinary job you have for so many years. And I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom and your deliciousness with us today. Like I literally am going to go run and eat as soon as we hang up. <laughs> <laughs> All I just right. want well, you to cook for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, hey, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me on and, um, and all the best. Uh, just on record, I think everyone needs to add that delicious dressing recipe to their menu. It's one-third balsamic, one-third mustard, and one-third maple syrup. Yes, please. If you are inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, please subscribe to the show, rate and review us on iTunes, and send us an email with questions and comments at chooseyounowpodcast at gmail.com. For nutrition services and more information, visit me at plantbaseddietitian.com. I invite you to choose yourself now, and I'm signing off with lots of leafy green love.